Tay is very picky and he's very suspicious of anything new. And so trying to introduce anything new to him is very difficult. Up to today, he's six years, but there are things he doesn't eat bananas. He says they're too sweet. So there are things he just doesn't eat. So he, for with him, it's been more of a challenge and he's very attracted to more, I would say the baked stuff. Mm. So he'll eat pancakes, he'll eat cakes, he'll eat, he can eat as many of those as he wants, but he'll not. So it's being able to balance that, trying to make sure that at least he has a bit of everything. I'm Abena Thomas, a public health specialist, and I'm the host of In Progress, a New World Vision Canada podcast. It's a show that connects people's stories of development from around the world with stories rooted here in Canada. On today's episode of In Progress, we're talking sprinkles. Parents all over the world are striving to make sure that their kids are getting the nutrients they need to survive and thrive. For those who face restricted access to food, the challenges can be even greater. First up, we have Kyoko Minyao, a friend and colleague, and more importantly, father of two. I wanted to chat with Kyoko about raising and feeding two boys here in Canada. I was curious to know what differences or maybe even similarities he's noticed from his childhood back in Kenya. You're a dad of two. Um, How old are your kids? My kids are nine and six. Harry is nine years old and Tay is six years old. Tay is six. So you've kind of just crossed that under five period where we talk about um, uh, the essential nutrients and, and things that children need. It must have been tough making sure that your kids get all the nutrients that they need, the vitamins and minerals. How did you do that? I mean, in the context of where we live, yeah, it's tough, mm-hmm. more from a knowledge, but from an access, a lot of the food you need for your kids that are, is available either in the stores and all that. Mm-hmm. So if you have an income and you have availability in the store, you can get that. So how do you get your kids to eat foods that are good for them? For him to eat that, so he has to eat something else mm. that he may not like so much to be able to get to that. So he's just making sure that he has the right. So like he likes pancakes or he likes muffins and all that. So I'll say, I'll give you a muffin in the long run, but you first have to eat your broccoli, your salad or whatever. And so he's able to do that. So um, as your kids were growing up, were there any specific health challenges or um, the micronutrient uh, deficiencies? Were you ever concerned about that for for either Harry or Tay? I was never concerned, but we actually found out. We went to see a doctor, that was last year, and she looked at his eyes and she said he may actually be have some iron deficiency. And I was like, I didn't expect that. But when she did the test, she did a blood test. She sent us to do a blood test and yeah, we found out he had low iron. It wasn't that bad, it was borderline, but she said it would be good to give him iron supplementation. So we've been on, he's been on iron supplementation. It was a bit tricky to know why, because we eat the same diet, all of us, and the rest of us are okay. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit difficult to know why him and all that but we've been giving him on iron supplementation for the last almost eight months. And the last test he did, he was okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you chose to kind of, well, you went through supplementation um, as well as diet or really you had to look specifically at... Uh... No, we focused especially on the diet. The supplementation was just kind of a treatment. Um, so you were born in Kenya raised in Kenya. Your kids are raised in North America. Um, so has, do you see a difference? How, how were, if you can think back, how did your parents go about 
getting you to eat your broccoli and vegetables and, and all those things? Or what were the practices like then versus now? How have you changed your approaches? I think that they didn't have to go. There was very little food. So you, <laughs> you ate whatever. I think there wasn't much variety and whatever was available, you ate, you're hungry mm-hmm. in most cases. I think as a young kid also, a lot of the time, the feeding was left to your siblings. They're the ones who fed you. Yeah. So, I mean, I was raised up my, my siblings. I brought up my siblings. So it's a very different concept. I think there was still a variety of foods to eat. So we ate vegetables, we ate beans, we ate meat once in a while, like chicken and all that. We kept rabbits, actually. So we ate rabbit meat. What role do you think supplementation plays in feeding kids, even in Canada? A lot of people take supplementation mm-hmm. in one way or the other. But I think in this case, what, because the challenge is, even as you feed your child, I mean, I was just giving an example of my son. I didn't realize he was iron deficiency until I went to the doctor. Mm. So if there was a way of being able to be assured that I'm providing him with all the nutrients he requires, and if sprinkles could be able to provide that assurance by mixing it with the food he's taking, then at least that would provide that assurance that, yeah, I may not know whether the foods I'm giving have all the micronutrients he needs, but because I'm adding sprinkles, it levels up the ground and everything is available, then that would be helpful actually to parents because at the moment, it's really a guessing game and you're trying to figure out until you do a test, that's when you know whether there's a problem or not. Next, we sit down with Alison Verney, a nutritionist at Nutrition International, an NGO that works to provide the right vitamins and minerals to the world's most vulnerable populations. So, Alison, sprinkles, what exactly are they? Sprinkles are a single-dose packet of the vitamins and minerals that a a child between the ages of 6 and 23 months typically require um, based on the recommended nutrient intake. They can be added to semi-solid foods. They're pretty easy to prepare. Um, They're colorless, odorless. You just add them to a food that a child that age could eat in in one sitting, under 30 minutes. They aren't always called sprinkles, though. What are some of the other names these powders go by? In Tanzania, for example, the country calls them viratibishi. And that's a local name in Swahili that's really about a child being energetic and happy. In, in Bangladesh, we call them pushtikona. In, in Pakistan, they use the UNICEF version of micronutrient powders, which are sprinkles. So it is, it is fun. All the countries have a different name for it. In Latin America, they have different names that are very like, exciting and energetic. And so while we are referring to them as sprinkles here, they are just the generic form of micronutrient powders. So it is a powder that has all these micronutrients within it. Exactly. And it was developed as an alternative method from just iron. That was kind of how we started it off. We used to just provide iron to a child. Iron deficiency anemia is a big issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we realized that children are generally deficient in multiple micronutrients. So by adding, uh, adding these powders to food, what are we trying to achieve? So Sprinkles are, actually a fun fact of this, mm-hmm. our sprinkles was developed at uh, the Hospital for Sick Kids in Toronto. Oh, so really? it was actually, okay. yeah, Dr. Stanley um, Slotkin mm-hmm. uh, was the one who was, innovated this idea. So he said, well, we have these children with micronutrient deficiencies, but what would be a solution that would be an easy way for us to be able to, um, to help re- increase their iron stores and decrease anemia. Mm -hmm. And because this is a solution that 
is relatively easy to prepare and that caregivers, for the most part, understand how to use, um, it, was, it became widespread. And there's been a number of studies that have looked at its effectiveness, um, acceptability, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it, it has been quite successful. So um, I, you've mentioned deficiencies like anemia, there are other things, vitamin A, others. What does that look like in, in children when they have these deficiencies? What issues um, do they present with? Why is that a concern? Yeah, that's a great question. So anemia in children is, you know, you might look at a child and see that they're a little lethargic, mm. they look a little tired, they might not be playing with their siblings as, as enthusiastically. And anemia is something, Sprinkles is really tackling iron deficiency anemia. And so while we know that children are deficient in lots of micronutrients, it's really that, that iron deficiency anemia. So anemia is red blood cells, hemoglobin. I don't want to get too technical here, but iron is really something that, that helps bind to the hemoglobin. It's helping get oxygen to your, to your mm -hmm. tissues. It's really giving you that energy. And so a child who you see kind of sitting in the corner and not working as hard, you, or or playing as much as they should, may be suffering from iron deficiency anemia. Mm -hmm. Maybe they aren't, they could just be a quiet child, but um, it's important that those children are receiving those micronutrients. Mm -hmm. A child who's being exclusively breastfed from, from birth to six months will be receiving all the iron that they require. But after six months, it's really hard for a child to get all the micronutrients that they require. From right. six to 23 months, it's like, um, Caregivers tend to, to see that child, they're concerned about choking. I'm sure mothers everywhere are always concerned, what am I providing to my child? You know, here in Canada, we, we have a stepwise approach of how we introduce foods to children. We generally make them mushy. Right. Um, you'll take a banana, mm -hmm. avocado. And so the children in, in the countries where we work tend to be given broths or, or soups. and might not be getting all those micronutrients because they're getting really like baby foods. Right. Uh, in reality though, at six months, a child can be eating any food mm -hmm. that the family is eating, but they tend to be given more children-friendly food um, that don't have all the micronutrients that they require. So what are the long-term benefits of micronutrient powders or sprinkles? While you might say sprinkles at 12 months of age, are they really gonna have a long-term benefit it's like, yes, because if that child is getting the right nutrients, they aren't anemic, mm -hmm. then they're going to be able to, to, to physically grow, cognitively grow um, by having that brain development, that critical period, once again, of their brain development. It means that they're going to perform better at school. They're going to learn better. They're going to become more productive citizens. Mm -hmm. and, and that in itself are the long-term benefits that they have the right nutrients at the young age. And that, that's so interesting to hear about. I think we've had a couple of guests on the show now that's spoken to a lot of the things that you've touched on, exclusive breastfeeding, but this is another piece to that, that approach for this extended window of time. At different stages in our lives, we have different needs. So it's interesting to, to understand where those micronutrient powders fit in. Um, we also um, take the opportunity on um, in progress to talk to Canadians here. Do you see this as being also an issue? What are what are the concerns around micronutrients? Are there access to things like sprinkles in Canada? What does it look like in sort of a North American context? So in, in our program, the Thousand Day Journey program, where we work in countries like Kenya, Tanzania, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Myanmar, those countries do have a prevalence of anemia that's greater than 20%. 
we're really lucky to live in a country like Canada where we don't have mm -hmm. a, a high prevalence of anemia in our young children. So therefore, we don't need to do something where we add sprinkles to the food for all of our young children. Of course, we have certain populations where this could be beneficial. We have Aboriginal communities mm -hmm. where a program of sprinkles could be very beneficial. And in fact, there has been research, and I know the Canadian government has looked into that. And there are other certain, on an individual basis, you might need this. If you know that your child is a very picky eater and that they're not eating anything, right. then maybe you'd want to consider sprinkles. But for the most part, our young children are able to get enough iron in their diet. They're being exclusively breastfed. They get the iron through the breast milk up to six months. And then at that point, they're getting sufficient complementary foods that have enough iron in it. So we don't need to be supplementing this. But we also live in a country that has national mandates and food fortification strategies. Right. So I don't know if you're aware, but all of the, all of the bread that you eat is actually fortified with folic acid. In addition to that, all of our milk is fortified with vitamin D. We're in a nor the Northern Hemisphere. We don't have sunlight every yes. day. And yeah. so in the wintertime, we're not receiving enough vitamin D. So the Canadian government has gone one step ahead where we have all of our milk that's fortified. We have our bread. And I don't know if you ever look in the side of a cereal box, but even when you're eating your all bran or cinnamon toast crunch, it's fortified with iron. You'll look at that and see 40% of your daily recommended nutrient intake of, of iron is, is already in there. So our government has taken that step to enrich our food already. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that six to 23 month period is really critical and we need to really target in on that. But in Canada, where we have access to a variety of food and we're not a food insecure country, it's a lot easier for our caregivers and mothers and parents and fathers to, uh, to provide the, the nutrients they require. So in Canada, something like iodine deficiency has largely been solved by adding iodine to salt. But in places without iodized salt, when plants and animals are raised in areas with poor soil, the diet for those communities is lacking this essential micronutrient. Roughly 8 million people worldwide are mentally impaired because of iodine deficiency. This is where sprinkles comes in. The same way you might sprinkle some rosemary on your pasta to give it that little extra kick, micronutrient powders are enabling families to sprinkle powders containing iron, folic acid, and other essential micronutrients onto the foods their kids are already consuming to give it that extra boost of health. Thanks for listening. In Progress is a podcast by World Vision Canada, funded by Global Affairs Canada, and featuring stories from all around the world. I'm your host, Abena Thomas. Thanks for listening.